Hello there, all you fabulous listeners. My name is Aaron. And my name is Dave. Uh, wait, Tommy. I'm Tommy. <laughs> and this is Super Pod Saga. For any of you first-time listeners, this is the podcast where normally Tommy and I talk about every video game topic that there is in existence. But Tommy has been, he's been sucked into the, into the digital world through his cell phone from playing all that Marvel Snap. He'll be back soon, just here a little bit. We have an awesome guest for everybody today, Dave with Tales from the Backlog. How are you, Dave? Doing good, man. Good to uh, come on the show. Thanks for the invite. You bet, dude. Yeah, where can people, well, I guess, yeah, uh, tell everybody all about your show and yourself and what you got going on in life. Sure, yeah. So I'm the host of Tales from the Backlog, which is a weekly video games review podcast, except as the name might suggest, we're not doing new releases all the time. It's mostly backlog games. So yeah, the uh, every week it's a different game. We deep dive on the story, the mechanics, the music, stuff like that. And the the key thing I want people to know is that I made this show so that if you haven't played that particular game, we're not going to spoil things for you, at least not at the beginning of the show. So let's say, for example, a a recent episode that came out was Bayonetta 3. If you didn't play Mm. that, you can listen to the first hour and a half, I think, of that episode, spoiler free. Find out, you know, what makes it good or bad. Mostly bad in that game, I think, but um, you can you can listen. You won't get spoiled. So that's the 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 way the show is structured. And then there's a spoiler wall, and after that, the um, all the spoilers are flying. So if you have played, you can stay tuned for that discussion too. Or if you don't care about spoilers, whatever. That's tales from the backlog. Sometimes we do discussion episodes, and uh, Aaron here was on a recent episode talking about long games. And uh, why some burn us out and why some keep us entertained for a long time. And I think today on our episode that we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about some games you can play forever too, right? So So that's Tales from the Backlog. Nice. Yeah, I I do need to check out that Bayonetta 3 episode because I I had that one pre-ordered, but then of course I, I canceled it later on. But is it really like not as good as the first two? No, I, I frankly no. It's it's not. Um, it's the things that you liked about the first two are still there and they're still good, but they're a much smaller piece of the pie in Bayonetta three, and they introduce a bunch of alternate, you know, gameplay modes and a lot more focus on telling, like trying to tell a story that makes any sense, which is antithetical to Bayonetta in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and the story that they told makes a lot of sense, but it's really stupid. So kind of subtractive yeah it's kind of a bummer that does that is a huge bummer yeah well yeah what's uh what are we talking about today we're talking about roguelikes today oh hell yeah yeah what do you think makes a really really good roguelike what's that's a good one apart from a bad one so i'm i'm glad we're talking about this this is our topic because i don't play a ton of roguelikes but there is a key theme to all the roguelikes that i really love that are not named vampire survivors. That's the outlier. And that is, um, I really like the ones that have stories and they use the fact that it's a roguelike to tell the story in a way that fits that kind of game loop that a roguelike has. But the one, aside from having a story, number one to me, you're going to be like dying all the time and resetting and constantly going back to the beginning. And so to have a story that pulls me along is a key thing for me, but to me also like the gameplay that you're doing 
especially like the low level gameplay before things to start to get crazy with all, you know, added mechanics and items and stuff like that. That's got to be really fun for me. Otherwise, like if the gameplay is like super basic at the low level while also being difficult, I'm going to bounce. And there's some really <laughs> popular roguelikes that I just like couldn't get down with or like the other common thing with me and roguelikes is if I beat it one time, then I quit. Uh, like my brain says, you're done with this. I don't care how many more variations there are to play. Uh, so there are some that I really, really love, but I, I played them for five hours, beat them once and never touched it again. And it's just God. like the switch turns off in my brain. Uh, so it's like that single player mentality. I don't know. I get that. How about you? Yeah. Yes. A lot of the ones I play, I like the feeling of, I like being rewarded for not doing a whole lot. Like even if you say you go through the run or through a run and you die pretty early on, you still unlock something. And I, I think that's really cool. There's a lot of those I'll talk about. Yeah. I also like ones that you can just jump into at any point just because like, like, hey, I need to kill 30 minutes. Guess I'll hop into, you know, one of these games I'll get into later on as well, too. And yeah, <laughs> th those are those are my favorites to just jump in, get like maybe not even halfway through the first level and die. Mm -hmm. there, oh, my gosh. There, there's one there's one game on my list that I've put maybe like. 90 hours into and i still haven't ever beaten the final boss in it it's jesus yeah it's tough uh <laughs> well what's uh what was your first pick okay so the first one that i wrote down this is probably my favorite roguelike and it's a little bit different from what people might think of in their head when i say roguelike first game that comes to your head it's a little bit different but returnal is my first game Ooh. and it's probably my favorite roguelike um, and by the way, I know there's a distinction between roguelike and roguelite, and I don't give a shit. I'm not going to, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to separate them, uh, in this talk. So Re Returnal is my favorite one and two key factors for Returnal. Have you played Returnal, Aaron? No, I, I haven't played Returnal yet, but I know it's coming to PC sometime and maybe if yeah. my laptop can run it, I might be able to play it. It does look really fun though, with all the aliens and shit. Yeah, so the thing, like the main two things that make Returnal my favorite are number one, the gameplay is incredible. It's it's hard, but it's like, it's really fun. And you know how a lot of roguelikes, maybe some we're going to talk about later, are bullet hells. And oh, yeah. they're 2D, like top-down bullet hells. And I find that really difficult, uh, like to the point of not being fun. Returnal's 3D bullet hell, but having the 3d being able to jump and like dash around and all that stuff is way way easier for me so returnal was hard but i was able to beat it and the gameplay is super super fun it's like arcade 3d action bullet hells really fun um and the story is a complete mystery and even after you beat it it's still kind of a mystery you have to connect some dots on your own and so like the mystery of like what the hell the story is about kept me going and like coupled with the fact that the gameplay is super fun to me. Uh, number one, the first thing I wanted to talk about. Nice. What's, what's the move set like on it? Cause I know I've seen like maybe short gameplay videos where you just mm -hmm. obviously run and jump and stuff like that. But is there any like dashes or like dodge rolls or anything like that? Yeah, you have a dash uh, that is like full of invincibility frames. It's a really helpful dash. Uh, you have a melee attack, like a laser sword type of thing. Uh, you have a grappling hook that you pick up later in the game that becomes super useful because you're, 
I think you're invincible when you're grappling around. You're invincible for most of it, something like that. So those are the main moves, but the main thing you're doing is uh, shooting. It's a third-person shooter. And they have like an active reload, like a Gears of War type active reload mechanic that's really good. And the thing that, uh, like it's coming to PC so more people can play it, it's gonna be awesome, but it's not gonna use the haptic feedback from the PS5 controller, which is designed with that active reload. You get little cues through the controller that it's reload time. They do a really good job with sound cues though. So it's not gonna be like impossible, but the haptics in that game are awesome too. So. Like, I'm sure it's going to be great on Steam, but I think PS5 is, like, the definitive way to experience it. The, the haptic feedback, is that being removed entirely? Or could you still use, like, a PS5 controller on a PC or something? So you can use the PS5 controller on Steam, for sure. But they did say that it's not going to have the haptic duff. Like, it might have... Oh, man. It might just have... It might have, like, regular vibrate or, like, rumble features or something, but it's not going to have the real detailed ps5 controller stuff damn that yeah. sucks i do you remember when what was that game called one two switch came out and they were really uh-huh. pushing really hard for the, this is totally off topic <laughs> but like there was there was this one little mini game on there where they really really pushed the hd rumble and you were like turning the the joy con because there was like it was like a canister of marbles and you're trying to see how many marbles were in there that, mm-hmm. that hd rumble shit is pretty i don't know how they do it but it's really really cool yeah, it's wild. And Returnal is, to this day, the best use of it on the PS5 that I've experienced. So it's crazy. It's great. That does, uh, speaking of great things, the, the very first one that I was going to talk about is one that I think probably got me into roguelikes in the first place, and that's The Binding of Isaac. Okay. The one that I'm sure most people have played at least one time in their life. Mm-hmm. I remember getting this one on the Xbox One back in 2015. Uh, well, no, maybe, maybe it was before that, but yeah, the, uh, what really hooked me on Binding of Isaac was that it felt like after you did anything at all during a run, you would unlock some kind of item, whether mm-hmm. it be like, uh, like mom's pearl necklace or like, uh, some kind of like magnet or there's all sorts of, of just cool shit that you can unlock just for doing damn near anything in a run. And there's all sorts of cool little secrets and shit. Cause like, Basically, what you do is it's just it's just like a twin stick shooter, basically, kind of like Returnal, mm-hmm. almost a bullet hell. But I guess there's like less bullets and more enemies than there is anything. But but basically, you're just going through dungeons, kind of Zelda style, where you're going like room to room to room, and basically you're trying to find the boss room where you beat the boss, and then you go down the ladder to the next next level of your basement because mm-hmm. the whole thing takes place in Isaac's. The, the basement of Isaac's house because his mom is trying to sacrifice him or kill him or something. But because <laughs> she like freaked out and watched too many, too much Christian TV or something. But yeah, basically you're just going through and, uh, and like the final, final boss of each run is for the first few tries. It's, it's your mom or like her heart or something like, no, yeah, it's your mom. And then after that you fight her heart. And then later on, you'll fight like like satan and like all sorts of angels and shit like that <laughs> and oh, yeah. it's just it's just it's a wild time dude there's all sorts of sweet uh sweet unlockables you find along the way but yeah mm-hmm. you'll pick up coins and pennies and like uh dimes and shit like that to purchase stuff from a shop you'll pick up bombs there's bombs in this game for some reason and 
a lot of the power-ups are just insane because they'll they'll be like you might find more basic ones like poise they give you poison tears or fire tears or uh ones that just give you i guess boost to your stats like they make you run faster or they give you like one more heart or something like that but then there's ones that are more out of the box like there's one that makes it so because because isaac doesn't use guns he's a kid he fights enemies with his tears yeah so like he's, he's always shooting tears out of his eyes and stuff so there's one item that makes it so that instead of your tears just you know shooting in like a normal way, they'll instead when he when he shoots them out they'll like circle around him in this like big, like orbiting pattern, mm-hmm. and that's that kind of sucks sometimes, but it's it's pretty good. And there's <laughs> just a bunch. There's like one that makes it so it zigzags instead of going straight, or so mm-hmm. it goes on like a loop de loop pattern and shit like that. But there's there's also lots of unlockable characters like there's there's different characters that basically start off with different items and they have different starting stats and uh there's uh, i forget what the first one is like magdalene where she has like this bird that when she takes damage it'll attack people and shit like that but no yeah it's it it just really really rewards you for doing basically fucking nothing like you could make it to the first room and die and then it'd be like hey you unlocked the d8 and it's great nice. it's a great game it's yeah. like They've they've released a lot of DLC for it over the past many years. I think the last one, the last one that came out was the final one though. But it gives you a lot of shit. It yeah, it, it's yeah, a pretty I, beefy game. Yeah, what I've heard too about Isaac, I've never played it, but a lot of people that I talk to like it's one of those games where it's like people are like, yeah, I, I played this game, I played this game, I played this game. And then I also put in a thousand hours into the Binding of Isaac. Like it's one of those games. What I've heard is that like there's a there's tons and tons of items and that they synergize with each other really well. And so it's one of those games where like no two runs are the same, basically. So there's like infinite variety in, you know, your your items and weapons and stuff. That's exactly that right? it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And then there's there's all sorts of other I guess items you have at your disposal too, because you can also unlock different cards. Like there's tarot cards that you can use to, I guess, either give you like a burst of energy or a burst of health or like call down mom's foot to stomp on somebody or like <laughs> crazy shit like that. There, there's all just, there's just all sorts of shit at your disposal all the time. And yeah, it's even though, even with all that stuff, it's still surprisingly difficult with some of the bosses. It's, it's yeah. good though. It's fun. It's a lot. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those that like it's been on my wish list for years and years, and I've just never bought it because I just have a feeling it's going to be too hard. And like, it's another thing in the roguelikes that I like is that there's a the progression is like you upgrade your avatar more so than putting new items into the pool and Isaac seems to me like one of those games where you don't really upgrade your avatar. You just kind of learn the items more and that's how you get better. So stuff like that. There's another famous, you know, top down twin stick shooter, bullet hell roguelike that I don't know if you're going to bring up later. It's way too fucking hard for me. I can't do it. (laughs) And so it put off, it put me off of Isaac too, because it looks very similar. Um, So yeah, it it looks cool though and again like, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours across the people that I know personally can't go wrong with this game, right? <laughs> I guess yeah, your your way of thinking about it doesn't make sense. It is more about learning items cuz when you pick up items in that game too, it doesn't 
it doesn't tell you at all what those items do. It'll just say like it'll just have some flavor text like you can pick up a can of dog food and it'll be like mmm tasty, but it doesn't tell you what the fuck the dog food does. But <laughs> right. <laughs> so that, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh speaking of dog food, another uh game I want to shout out is it's called Sunless Skies. Have you heard of this? Perfect. I have not. Okay. It's also it's made by the same people who made Sunless Seas and the Fallen London kind of like I think it's like a browser MMO or something like that. I, I'm not super familiar. But anyway, uh, Sunless Seas, Sunless Skies, they're basically the same thing with just different flavor. Um, so it's like a, how do I describe this? You you have a ship and you're flying or sailing around in your ship. You're either like in this Lovecraftian ocean world or this Lovecraftian sky world. And you Ooh. you get this ship and you have um you have like a goal basically but you set out you're never going to reach your goal for a long long time so it's basically survival you go out you're trying to make money to buy food for your crew you come across stuff out in the world like these these events uh you make kind of rpg type choices where it's like you know you find a a, a busted up ship uh do you go explore it yes no there are risks associated with it. You may go inside the ship and you get another one of those choices that's like, you see the safe, but the ship is breaking apart. Do a skill check or leave to figure out if you can go grab the safe. Um, and so you're you're managing your crew, like numbers, you're managing your hunger. Uh, you will have Lovecraftian horrors happen to your crew and they'll get freaked out. Uh, you can land at different islands around, talk to the people there. The writing is so incredibly creative and awesome that like I you always want to talk to people and find out what their story is. And it's roguelike because you can die. Uh your your crew can all die. You can die. You, there's combat um in the ships and stuff like that. And when you die, you you start a new character, basically. And you don't really carry over a whole lot it's really hard to you have to like buy new ships and stuff um in order for stuff to carry over i think but what you do carry over is knowledge that you got from the last round of saying like i went to this spot on the map i got murked by some pirates i'm just going to avoid that until i get leveled up a little bit um or this side quest is easy money so i'm going to do it again with my new character to kind of get some easy money at the beginning of the round. So yeah, Sunless Skies, Sunless Seas, they're both basically the same. Sunless Skies has some upgraded like combat and stuff, but they're they're basically the same. Pick your flavor. Do you want Lovecraftian horrors in the water or Lovecraftian horrors up in the skies, basically? Lovecraftian horror in the water would I don't think I'd ever get anything done. That's just that sounds terrifying. <laughs> the sea is already terrifying, but yeah. I'm looking at like one of the screenshots and there's a big, I don't know how to describe it, like a, like a, a big mouth, I guess, with just circles and circles and circles of teeth. Uh -huh. Nope. No. <laughs> so I don't know about that. They're on, um, these, the games are on Steam. They're also on Switch. They're great, like handheld games because it's a ton of reading in there. Um, it, it's real heavy on reading and like RPG choices rather than combat. Although, like I said, there is combat. So highly recommended if you're into like Lovecraftian types of uh, stories. Cause like I said, the writing is really, really good. Nice. I've never heard of those and yeah, it looks like they've been around since 
what 2015 i've never heard of these before but they sound awesome yeah yeah i i don't know like how widespread they are but i don't hear a lot of people talking about them and certainly like when you think roguelike you often go to those like combat focused games and you just yeah like it's roguelike you when you die you have to restart with a new character like from the beginning so you can sink a ton of hours into it and it's great great uh reading material so yeah highly recommended reading material nice speaking of uh speaking of the sea the next game on my list is one that i'm i don't know if i've ever it's one of my my favorite games of all time actually it's hades okay yeah yeah so i've put entirely too many hours into hades because there's just a good number of reasons so so first off the the visuals for it are just super awesome Mm -hmm. they're all hand-drawn and incredibly detailed and exactly what you'd expect from something from from super giant yeah it's so great and the characters just like like all the drawings and shit they're just as detailed and and so different from each other not just from like the way they they uh i guess look or or talk but just in how they they interact with each other because every now and again when you're going through a run sometimes if you have like a boon from say aries already you're running to one from or you're going to one for like Poseidon and they'll kind of go back and forth with each other mm-hmm. and talk about goofy stuff or like Dionysus with Aphrodite or something like that. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's a lot of sweet, awesome characters to interact with where it's like Sisyphus is like the nicest fucking guy in the world. And the poor <laughs> guy stuck pushing that boulder up that hill. Yeah. And it feels so bad. Yeah. And it's, it's also really, really cool that, there's there's a lot of customization you do before like you like you mentioned earlier when we were talking about binding of isaac where you you do actually kind of enhance different aspects of your character mm-hmm. as opposed to learning about new items and shit like that because yeah, you have all your different passive abilities where like there's maybe like instead of reviving once per run you can revive once per room or like increasing your speed or the number of dashes and shit like that and then there's the different weapons that already on their own play differently from one another whether it's the the Stygian blade or the bow or the fist, but then there's also different aspects that further make them even more different. Like, mm-hmm. like the aspect of Gilgamesh for the twin fists, which is just, that's my shit right there. I can beat a run in like 13 minutes with those motherfuckers. Damn. What's, so what's and, your favorite uh, weapon? The, is it the, the fist? twin fists? Of, yep. The fist with the aspect of Gilgamesh, dude, it's so good. Right. And and there's there's this one trinket. I think it's the one from Than. No, it's the one from Mercury. Where if you beat a room quickly, you'll gain an extra like I think it's like one or two percent chance to dodge, and that's really really helpful for when because you know with the fist you're just right up there in their in their face beating the shit out of them. So that mm-hmm. extra dodge chance is really really helpful. And yeah, and then there's also those different little trinkets you can pick before a run that'll further help you on your because like there's one that just makes it so you encounter more Poseidon boons, but then there's there's ones that like maybe 20% damage if you're further away from the enemies and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And even even with all of that, it, like, it already sounds pretty good. I hope I'm already selling you on it, but there's just a bunch of story, too. Like, there's a lot of story to the game, because, yeah. like, it just starts off with... It just starts off with Zagreus just wanting to escape from the underworld, and then he finds his mom, and then it's like, maybe I should reunite my parents. Oh, maybe I should reunite all of Olympus, you know, with, with, with Hades and everything like that. But mm-hmm. hopefully that wasn't a spoiler for anybody. I... I don't think so, but well, I have all around. I have played Hades, um, and this is one of those. Like I said, like 
where the story, the fact that there is a story was pulling me through. So if I had a couple of, and there are a couple of like meat wall sections or bosses in the game that I like really struggled with to beat. But the fact that there was a story beat waiting for me when I did beat it, or even after you die, you still go back, you get new conversations with people. They never repeat dialogue, which is incredible. And But even with all that, this is one of those games where I beat it once and, you know, for the the real ending, you have to beat it more than once, but I beat it once. I went back, I died against the final boss the next time. And I was like, I'm done. I, I, I will watch the ending on YouTube uh, because my brain is just, you know, the, the, the switch has flipped and I am done with this game now because I beat it. So I really liked it though. It's a really good, like best of both worlds like i think the combat is really fun the mechanics of like making a build choosing your boons choosing what to use the daedalus hammers on all of that is really interesting decision making i think and then the story was also compelling so yeah best of both worlds i love that game yeah dude and there's just the soundtrack bangs can't yeah can't talk about hades without just mentioning like people don't know already but the soundtrack (laughs) bangs yeah, the Supergiant just cannot do wrong, it seems like, because mm-hmm. I guess I haven't played Pyre, so I don't know, but Bastion slaps in every way, Transistor slaps in every way. I don't think they've made anything else besides those two and Pyre and Hades, but so right. far the track record is, is pretty good. Pyre's, <laughs> Pyre's an interesting game. It's not, um, I think it's their worst in a lot of ways, but it's still something that's worth playing, and I did enjoy playing it. Um, but it is an interesting one. I named my dog after the dog character in Pyre. So <laughs> there we go. Nice. Yeah. What is the, the dog name or character? Rookie. His Rookie. name is okay, Rookie Greentail cool. in the uh in the game in Pyre. Um yeah. Speaking of uh speaking of dogs, the next one that I have on my list is another one with a story, and it's one that I'm gonna be careful for spoilers with, but it's inscription. Have you played Inscription? Oh my god. Yeah, I have. One of our co-op podcast buddies gifted me the game for the, the Secret Santa. Oh, I forget sick. if it was Stormageddon or if it was somebody else. But yeah, I have played it and it's awesome. Nice. Yeah, so, so you know what I mean. Like, There's a story mm. pulling you through a little bit. You, you start to pick it up as you play through the card game. But the key thing with Inscription is that it is a card game. It's a deck builder. It's a roguelike. When you die, you start from the beginning. But the key thing is that the roguelike deck building elements of it are really good. So you may have heard people say like Inscription is a game with uh, things to expect the unexpected, et cetera, et cetera. But if that were all there were, it would just be a gimmick that you're waiting for. But it's not because the card game is really fun. So I love that card game. And they released a like an update that has a standalone just the card game version called Casey's Mod, and I still play it. It's fun. Uh, it's just, it, it's a really well thought out game. And then when it does, you know, start to go into the unexpected, that's really awesome too. And it's it's one of those that like, so I reckon if you're listening to this and you haven't played it, you should play it. It's really good. If you like card games at all, play Inscription. Um, but I'm glad that I made it to the point where I played it without being spoiled on what else happens in the game, you know? I want to talk about all those weird parts so yeah. bad, but I don't <laughs> yeah. want to spoil it for anybody. Right. I 
oh my god uh, the first time i beat it i you get to the uh we'll just say the part without without you know spoiling it in some kind of way but right it was just it was so weird i was like why the fuck why like why is i guess this probably won't spoil it for anybody i was i was like why are these video like why are we watching these videos man what is this shit right yeah <laughs> but the card i i the the board game aspect of it too was really really cool because you can choose different paths to where like you add a new card to your deck or you sacrifice one card to give another card the the one card's abilities and mm-hmm. and yeah there's all sorts of really sweet choices too that game is just so much fun and the little little critters are just so cool too like little otter guy that you get at the beginning and then there's all sorts of goofy shit like the Ouroboros and that's just it's it's a really really well made card game. Aside from all the other goofy shit that happens yeah. with, with Leshy and all that, there's a lot of um, a lot of ways to break it open, and it's something that I appreciate about this, about Hades, um, about some of the other like story driven roguelikes. Is that because there's a story and they want you to see the story, then they don't make it incredibly difficult to beat. They want you to beat it. So. Inscription is like there are ten thousand ways for you to become invincible in inscription. You just have to figure a couple <laughs> out. You'll get there, and I really, really enjoy that about it. Returnal's not like that. Returnal's hard as shit, but yep. you like you can beat it. I, I beat it. I, I'm not you know a huge bullet hell person. I beat that game. It, it's fun, <laughs> and uh, the boss fights are a lot of fun in that game. But yeah, this and in, uh, inscription and Hades. Since we talked about those are two where they're like, there's a story here. We want you to see the end, so we're going to help you. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I also really like that that you dying also adds something to the game because, like, he'll take your picture and make those one cards where you pick, like, the, uh... You pick, what is it, the, the health and attack from cards that you had in your deck, and yeah, then you and pick their abilities from the card yeah. you had. Yeah, that, that shit's really cool. I like that. So, you, like, along the way, you can just pick up... I always named them stupid shit. Like, it'll be, like, poop. Or like, or like rats, or like something like that, and uh-huh. I'd be like, "Oh, I, p- I found rats that has like digging in the like digging slash flying sigil, and it's like fourteen five or something like yeah. that." Yeah, yeah, it's it's just one of many ways that you can bust it wide open. It's real good. Speaking of busting things open, the next <laughs> one I had was was Flint Hook. Have you played Flint Hook? No, I've uh, I've heard the name, but I can't can't even picture it in my head. What is it? Oh my god, dude! Look, look it up because the visuals are super cool. It's uh, I wouldn't say like sixteen bit because it's a lot more detailed than that. But yeah, basically it's it's all pixelated and the music is like chip tuny and like just bumping, dude. It's it's everything is so good about that game. But what really sets it apart from others is that for one, instead of having you, is it's not like a, like a twin stick shooter or anything like that. It's more more platformy i guess because like your main weapon is just a gun that just 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 a regular gun but the the main gimmick is that you use your little grappling hook to to get around faster than you would walk in or jumping and stuff like that and you also have the ability to kind of slow time for a little bit in case you're in a tight pinch you want to like grapple hook around an enemy's bullets or something like that but there's also other little, I guess, sub weapons you can pick up as well too. Like there'll be, uh, like a, I think I think it's called like a skull bomb where you use it and then it shoots these like 
uh, flaming skulls at enemies, or there'll be like an ice bomb or just a regular bomb. And before a run, you know, you, you buy these packs of cards that that you you can I guess like pick and choose which ones to equip before a run, and they'll have different abilities. Like you get more money, or you come back from death one time. But then there's also more intricate ones that why they make it so your um, your bullets ricochet off of walls, or they'll go through like a certain number of enemies or something like that. And yeah, it's just I. This isn't the one I was talking about earlier, where I said I haven't beat it because this one I haven't beat. But this this isn't the we'll get there. But gotcha. It's it's really really fun and really really different and cool. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at screenshots. Every single screenshot I look at has so much going on on the screen. <laughs> there's like rockets flying around. There's enemies. There's stuff hanging from the ceiling. I assume that's what you use your grapple on. Yep. Yeah. Little hooks and. So it's like a, yeah, it's, is it like twin stick shooter, like side scrolling twin stick shooter. Not even really that. Like you're just, it's more like a platformer with okay. a gun. Right. So it's like, a, yeah, you just controls like a, a Metroidvania might, but with a gun. <laughs> basically, cause I, I guess maybe it was kind of twin sticky cause you, you would aim with the other stick, I believe. Mm-hmm. Then you can also lock yourself in place. So I, I guess maybe it is a twin stick. Maybe I'm, I'm totally wrong, but yeah. And it's, it's got the same kind of, I guess like Zelda thing where you go room from room. And what's also cool is that before you, um, before you go from level or from, what is it? So, so you go from, Dungeon to dungeon to dungeon, but each dungeon has smaller rooms inside of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Be- oh, ships, I guess. They're not dungeons, they're ships. But each ship also has like different aspects to it. Like It'll be like, hey, this one's filled with treasure, or this one has more enemies, but you'll get a cool new thing inside. Or, But it's also got a little bit of story packed in there, too, because every now and again you'll unlock different lore the little bits of lore mm-hmm. they'll tell you about like a lighthouse or like all these famous people in that universe and that's also pretty cool but it's dirt cheap it's seven bucks on steam right now and nice. it's fun as hell hell yeah if that's on switch then that seems like something i could get into that is hell yeah that is awesome well speaking of grappling hooks um the next one i have on my list is a new one it came out last year and it's a bit non-traditional for roguelikes but it's cursed to golf you heard about oh this? Oh my god. Hell yeah, that's the minion to get that one. That looks so fun. I love golf video games. Yes. It's uh in like you said, it's a golf video game. But you might be thinking if you haven't played golf roguelike, how does that work? And it's because it's it's not a golf game in the way that a lot of other golf games are. It's a platformer, but instead of running and jumping, you are sh- hitting golf balls. And that's the way that you move from place to place is make precision shots uh, golfing. And you get these cards that give you these special abilities where you can like, you know, stop a ball in midair and just make it drop down into the perfect spot. Uh, You can get like rocket balls that you can control all kinds of fun items. So it's really tough. Uh, your goal is to make it through these 18 stages from like the from the tee box through these like mazes of levels down uh, into the hole. And if you get all 18, then you escape from this like golf hell world that you're stuck in. <laughs> and it's uh, it's it's really cute. It's got this fun sense of humor. The music is really good, and it's it's just a lot of fun. Like there's something about 
hitting golf balls in video games that's always like really satisfying and fun you know the like lining up the power and the accuracy to hit the perfect shot and you have to nail your shots in this game to make it out but it's really fun so if you at all have ever liked a golf game then you should try this because it's it's just so good really well made i don't know what it is about golf video games but like I'm not a big golfer in real life, no, but dude, I same. love the it's really, fuck out of, You know why? Because yeah. it, it's really hard to hit a good shot in real life. It sucks. So Yeah, but in video games, I could line up those meters any day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's just, it's so fun. I, I can't praise this enough. And like the idea to use golf as the way to platform from place to place instead of running and jumping is really creative and they they nailed it god this one's been on my fucking wish list for so long i yeah. remember reading about this a long time ago same yeah. like i i actually played it because the the director of the game uh, liam edwards used to do podcasts and he had a podcast called final games which is like basically a, a desert island games podcast where he'd have on like industry people and voice actors and stuff like that and just talk about the eight games they would take to a deserted island and then he was also working in game development he quit podcasting went into game dev full-time made this game and it fucking rules love it (laughs) and i see that it's uh it's published by thunderful publishing who also does my my awesome fucking steam world games hell yeah dude. dude yeah I, I was I was looking at those earlier. I was like, is there a SteamWorld roguelike? Is SteamWorld to Dig 2 roguelike? Not really, but it's really good. No, it's a it's a Metroidvania, basically. Yeah, those games are great. Yeah. Uh, heist. I guess Heist kind of isn't. Like it's just the the ships that are randomly generated, but there's yeah. not like if you die, you'll just restart. Mm-hmm. But speaking of, of dying, let's go to have you ever heard of Downwell? Yeah, dude, I've played that. That's that game's real fun. Yeah, that game rules. It's and it's so cool because the the visual style is just so different. It's just black and white, but you unlock different sweet color palettes as you go later on. Like yeah. there's one that's just game boy fucking color. red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just always going down, but you've got your little rocket boots to keep you going. And it's cool that you'll like just along the way, like you'll just kill enemies by stomping on them or shooting your little gun boots or if you pick up like items throughout items like a power up that makes it so that when you break a block the blocks explode on impact and kill enemies around them and you'll find all these other different kinds of, of gun boots where there'll be one that's like a shotgun or one that's like a laser gun that shoots just in a straight vertical line or mm-hmm. that's just so much i've this is another one i have not ever beaten but i've gotten really really close oh i always just i always like end up panic jumping when I'm at like one health, I'll, I'll panic jump and then I'll hit an, an enemy and then that'll be my downfall right there. But it's just, I think this is another one that's super duper cheap and it's just so addictive. Yeah, dude, like full price. I feel like that game's like $5 full price and it's uh it's a good time. It's, it's really hard. I've never gotten more than like three or four levels into it. I'm just not very good at it, but it, I like mm. how simple it is, but because it's so simple, you learn how to play it in like 45 seconds. And then it's just, it's game on after that. Like you're, if I remember right, you're falling and you can like shoot stuff out of your boots and you run out of ammo. The only way to recharge your ammo is to land on the ground. And then you jump back down and repeat. 
and you're trying to like bash on enemies, but some of them have spikes on their heads and stuff like that. It's uh, it's real simple, but really well executed. So I, I forgot about that when I was making my list, but I'm glad you you brought it up. Yeah, it's just, and actually it's it's only $3. It's $2.99. So <laughs> listeners, if, if you're on a tight budget, go get down well, because there's a lot of that game to love. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Speaking of uh, gaming on a budget, my uh, next one I want to talk about is, uh, let's see, what do I want to talk about? I got a couple that I think are on your list. So uh let's have you ever played monster train i've heard of it that's that's a card game isn't it yeah so it's um feels very very inspired by slay the spire uh i feel like i don't know if slay the spire actually is like the og of the roguelike deck builder but it feels like it is and monster train is one that came out that feels very inspired by it so you go in through a map it's much simpler than the slay the spire map and you're picking nodes, picking one of two paths to go on to upgrade and have these random, again, RPG events like, oh, you find a witch, do you keep riding or do you stop and talk to the witch? Stuff like that. And what it, it does, though, is it's a deck builder, just like Slay the Spire, but it adds a kind of tower defense element onto it. So you're in a train and your train has, uh, by the way, you're, you're transporting the last fire of hell which you're trying to like relight hell again. Hell is fro- frozen over and people are trying to stop you like these angels and stuff. So that's cool. But what you're doing is in this train, you have three levels and at the top is your pyre and the enemies are trying to get up and snuff it out. So you have like a three level tower defense type setup where every turn, if you don't kill an enemy, they'll move up one floor. So you want to try and set up your bottom row to do some big damage. So stuff if they do make it up, they're weakened. And then, you know, I, I usually try to set up like the top row with another heavy hitter to finish stuff off. But there is like that tower defense strategy too. And I hate tower defense games, but this one really, really nails it, I think. And it's another one where it's like not very hard to beat it, but like Slay the Spire, they have these ascension levels that you can gradually make the game harder, but you're constantly unlocking new cards. And the other thing about this is you have these clans of these, you know, demons and imps and shit like that. And the clans all play very, very differently. And on each run, you pick a primary clan, which will give you like that clan's hero card, which is obviously really powerful. And then you'll pick a backup clan too. And the clans all synergize with each other in interesting ways. So there's a ton of like strategy in between runs to experiment like, Maybe I got fucked up when I was using the, uh, you know, the the Hellhorn and the Stygian clan last time. Well, let me mix that up. I'll, I'll try different clans this time or a different combination and do something different. And it's just, it's really, really fun. And so, like, I didn't fully want to talk about Slay the Spire on this episode because I feel like people have heard of it. But I don't feel like enough people have played Monster Train and I like saying, like, if you like Slay the Spire, guarantee you will like Monster Train. It's really good. I know for a fact I've seen that on Game Pass, and I'm looking it up really fast to see if it's on there. I hope to God it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a good time. Installing? <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's one of those where if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you're going to do cloud streaming or something. Like, it's turn-based, so cloud streaming, as long as your connection is, like, decent, you should be able to play it that way. 
Um, I have it on Switch. It's an incredible handheld game. I bet it works great on Steam Deck, too. So, yeah. That looks so good, actually. Then I like that they have that they have the uh, the different clans with you said they have different play styles yeah so like some of them are based on you know just straight up damage or like blocking damage and then another one will be really based on uh like poisoning opponents or uh there's one where you can summon these little imp characters and there's there's a limit to how much space you have on each floor of the train and so like big burly like dps characters might take up most of that floor but there's uh there's one clan that summons these little imps and like the more imps you have the more powerful you get or the more advanced moves you can use so there's a lot of variation in how the clans play hell yeah yeah let's take an ad break we'll be right back before we get into the ad though a big shout out to our patron a novel console they're a one of a kind podcast their their podcast is about Anything from books and video games, they're just, they're uh, one of the best variety podcasts out there. Please check them out, and thank you again, a novel console, for being our patron. Let's get into that ad. Are you tired of greasy, cheap, fried fast food, and you want a much healthier alternative? Well, look no further than KBC, that's Kentucky Boiled Chicken. That's right. (laughs) They boil their chicken in the finest lightly salted tap water with no other preservatives or greases or lards or butters at all just just healthy plain boiled chicken Mm-mm. scrumptious and at kbc we're all about being environmentally friendly so there's no no plastic cartons no bags no straws no nothing when we give you your food we give it to you by the handful straight to your hand no waste at all they have I'm I'm also making this up as I go, by the way. So feel free to like jump in whenever you want to. <laughs> oh, I heard uh, on the uh, they're so environmentally friendly that all that boiled chicken water goes straight into the plumbing supply for the restaurant. So you got chicken water in your toilets. It's awesome. Exactly, and it also works with the uh, the ice machine and then the soda machine as well <laughs> too. So you get a little, little bit of lightly salted, kind of kind of gummy Coca Cola or yeah. Dr Pepper. A lot of mm. a lot of gelatin in those ice cubes. It's fantastic. <laughs> And, and yeah, why not check out all of their awesome sides? They've got things like boiled pinto beans and uh, mac. That's just macaroni without the cheese. It's boiled mac. Yeah, boiled <laughs> potatoes. No seasoning. Whole potatoes. <laughs> it's <just> boiled. <laughs> that's a good one. That's right. That's KBC. Yeah, it, it's it's hand scaldingly good. And we're back. The next one I had is, I guess it kind of is a roguelike in a sense, but uh, Loop Hero. Oh, okay. Leave your hands on that one yet? No, I didn't play it. Um, it's it's another one of those. Actually, it was like a constant wish list game, and then I got it for free on Epic, but I just haven't played it. Oh man, it's so much fun. It's it's kind of so so basically the there's a big story to it. It's more story than anything, and so basically the the world is just like disappearing or i forget what the word is for basically yeah it's just kind of disappearing from from time and memory and the the character you play as is somehow able to restore it they they haven't they haven't beaten it yet but the uh basically when you start a run there's just this randomly generated like long pathway basically your loop and you go around that and every soft and enemies will spawn on the path so when you beat enemies, you'll get you'll get not only 
different or extra equipment for your character, like shields or new sword or boots or whatever, but you'll also get cards that you used to they used to I guess put things on the map around the loop. So like you'll get a card for like a forest. And the forest gives you extra attack speed, I think. Yeah, and then there's also like mountains and rocks that give you extra max HP and there's also these different buildings you can put down. Like there's a I think it's it's like a lighthouse or a watchtower. And in this like big in this big like plus I guess area of effect, like like a T basically, every so often when you're in combat, it'll like it'll strike a random any anybody at all, it'll strike it'll randomly strike somebody with lightning and do just a shit ton of damage. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of other cool shit you can lay down as well too. And there's also different characters you can play as. Like you'll start off with just the hero or the warrior or whatever he's called. But then you'll also get the thief who, instead of having a sword, he'll have two daggers. Or no, no, he can dual wield. So he has, you can hold one weapon in each hand. And then he also has less defense, but he's he starts off with uh, a certain percentage of vampirism, which is just like life steal. Like when he hits, he heals a little bit of that damage. Mm-hmm. And he's also better at dodging and stuff like that. But then there's the, the necromancer who is more focused on every so often he'll summon a new uh, skeleton or whatever and the skeleton will, will fight for him and but he also has like a, a shield and he also fights as well but but yeah so there's what four bosses to the game so basically the, the point of, of your run is uh what is it there, there's I think it's called the boss gauge at the top of the screen and as you place down more and more cards that boss gauge will fill up and then once it does fill up, the boss will spawn on the map. Mm-hmm. And each different boss has their own strategy to them as well. Like the first one is the Lich. So he spawns in and he'll spawn. Like the, the areas around where he spawns turn into a uh, like different palaces. And each palace that's left standing gives him like 5 or 5% extra HP or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about all he does. And then after that, there's like this... This angel that summons these like stained glass windows or something that'll protect her from an attack every so often. And then after her, there's the hunter who has these two hounds that do different things. And then after the, I haven't beat, I've, well, I haven't gotten to the boss after the hunter because you have to, was it, you have to fight each boss in succession. And that's just, holy fuck, is that just so difficult? It's stupidly difficult, but. Yeah, it's a really fun game. And then there's also like a hub world kind of, which is where you do a lot of your upgrading and stuff like that. So you start off with just like a little village, really like a campfire and shit like that. But then you'll up, you'll unlock what is it? You'll there's resources you get while you're on your run and going around the loop that you'll use to unlock different different buildings, like a watchtower. There's a, an apothecary that unlocks ca- uh, alchemy. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of other really cool ones. But yeah, if if you have it, give it a shot, man. It's it's also on Switch, and it's extremely playable on that. It's so easy, yeah. And it's just so much fun. Yeah, it, it's it's been one that I've always been curious about. I just haven't, you know. I mean, shit, you know how it is. Got so many games to play, oh, and it, some stuff is just not going to get played. It's just the 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 cruel reality of things. But yeah, I'll I'll take your recommendation next time. I'm looking for. One of those type of things, like it's one of those games, like uh, like like Vampire Survivors or something that's like not going to take, 
you know, twitch reflexes or something, but you are making meaningful decisions all the time. So it's like engaging you in that way. So that is a particular mood that I find myself in from time to time. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check that out again. It's, uh, it, it was one of those where it's like, you know, you listen to all those podcasts that are like, you know, what do you, what's everyone playing this week? And for like a month straight, it was like, we've been playing loop hero and nothing else. Cause I can't play anything else. So hell yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun, dude. And like very, I've been using this word a lot, but it's very cerebral in a sense where like, not only with, cause like I said earlier, like when you place cards down and it fills with boss gauge, you want to kind of, I guess like decide which cards you do and don't want to play down. Cause mm-hmm. Obviously, if you fill up the boss gauge and engage the boss before you've had time to gather up the best weapons and armor and, and level up and everything like that, then you're just going to fall flat on your face and that boss is just going to shove you to the ground and take your lunch money. Nice. And there's also when you do get new equipment, it, there's a lot of decision making that goes into that too, because it's like, well, do I don't want to sacrifice just a little chunk of defense and have more vampirism or do I sacrifice some defense for higher dodge chance and more crit chance? Something like that. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of thinking that goes into those small mundane things, but they, they make a hell of a difference once you do. Nice. Well, speaking of being cerebral, uh, the next game that I have is Crypt of the Necrodancer. Have you played this? I, I have, I got it on sale for a buck on steam and I've played just a little bit of it, but it's fun. That's uh, that's one of the, the first things about it is like, if what I'm about to describe, if people haven't played it, if this sounds the least bit interesting to you, like Aaron said, you can get it on sale for literally $1 and it goes on sale all the time. So yep. it's a, it's a rhythm roguelike game and you, it's like a dungeon crawling game. So you're going through these dungeons, kind of like you described Binding of Isaac, finding ladders or stairs to go down to further levels, fighting bosses, picking up items and stuff but you have to move to the beat of the songs. And there's like a meter on the bottom that shows you, you know, when the beat is happening, if you can't follow it by ear. And it sounds like that shouldn't work, but it's it works really well. Now, the game is hard as shit. I've never beaten it. I've never gotten <laughs> close to beating it. But I, I want to shout it out because it's a super creative idea. The music is really good. Um, even Nintendo thought that this was so interesting that Nintendo gave them the license to make a Zelda game with this same concept. So Cadence of Hyrule came out a couple years ago now, and that one's easier. I did beat that, but that one's the same concept. It's still roguelike, but it's like you're playing a link to the past with that type of uh, gameplay mechanic using Zelda music. And it's really, really creative. So if you want the like, you know, the $2 version, Crypt of the Necrodancer, it's it's fun. It's a cool thing to check out. You may, because you have to memorize like how the enemies move around and they're all moving to the beat as well. So it's a lot to take in. I found it to be hard, but if you want the easier version and Legend of Zelda music, which of course I don't need to explain to people how good Zelda music is. That one never goes on sale because it's associated with Nintendo. <laughs> but full price, I think it's like <laughs> 25 bucks. So that that one's good too. So if either of those sound good, check out Crypt of the Necrodancer or 
Legend of Zelda Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, I've, I've tried to play Crypt of the Necrodancer on a couple of occasions, and I just, I have no rhythm, like no natural rhythm, so I always fuck up, like I always move. I'll get too spooked by the enemies, and I'll end up like tapping away too fucking fast, and then I just die, but I yeah. do like the idea. It's really, really cool. Yeah, super creative idea. I think they executed it as well as they could. Um, it's just... The regular and this is this is the type of roguelike that I don't jive with a lot, like from a design perspective, where your character, your avatar never gets stronger. What you do is you unlock new items that you can find in future runs. And that kind of thing just never connects with me because like I often find that I unlock a bunch of items. Now there's a bunch of stuff out in the pool. And I'm going to find stuff I don't like more often. Uh, and if I want to remove those from the pool, I have to pay extra resources to do that. And so that might be why, like, I never got very far in that game. Um, what's another game? Like, like Enter the Gungeon, same same type of thing in that game, too. But it is super cool. And, like, I said it's hard, but I think it's a really cool game and it's like $2. So I'm still recommending people try it. Yeah, it is. And that's, it's funny you mentioned Enter the Gungeon because that's the one that I have put too many hours into and I've never beaten it because it's just so, the bosses later on are just, there's one that's like a tank, like just a literal fucking tank and I forget what its name <laughs> is, but it's so fucking hard to beat, dude. I don't know how anybody can beat that game. It's just so difficult, dude. See, I, I never got... I think I beat the second boss in Enter the Gungeon, and that's as far as I got. And something about that game is just incredibly difficult, and there's no way to make your character stronger, So, and there's no story. So I have really nothing pulling me forward through all of those like difficult runs, you know? I do like that in that game. The, the guns are just fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, like and, all, and all the puns a... and stuff, the, the gun puns. Yeah, <laughs> Some of the enemies are just bullets, and then, God, there, there's one gun that's, it's just, it's literally just a bullet that shoots guns. Yeah. And the guns, like, spin <laughs> yeah. around and shoot more bullets, or, like, there's a shotgun shell that shoots a shotgun, or, or like, uh, or, like, a, a syringe that shoots poison. It's it's so fucking stupid and fun. Yeah. My, my like, I'm not, like, trying to shit on that game at all. I think it's cool, um, and... I would recommend it if I had personally gotten further in the game. So like me talking about it like this is not me saying that it's a bad game by any means. I think it's really yeah. cool. Just too hard. Same with uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. By the way, it's so weird that the Cadence of Hyrule version of Crypt of the Necrodancer is $5 more expensive than the original Crypt of the Necrodancer. That's, I guess it's probably just because they have the Zelda license on it, but that's just yeah. And it, one of them, it, man. It never goes on sale either. Or like when it does go on sale, it's a Nintendo sale where it's like you get 6% off. Enjoy it. Whereas the <laughs> the regular game goes down to, like you said, like $2. Yeah, it's, it's like it's four bucks right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of $4, the next one I have that I have played again too much of is Dicey Dungeons. Have, have yeah. you played that one at all? That one's on my list of things to talk about, but I had a feeling you were going to bring it up. So I was going to let you do it. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, dude, it's so it's there there's not a whole lot of unlockables to this one, but I still find myself coming back to it just because it's so I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's just so fun to just 
get into and then like try to make some headway but then you die and it's like oh well better luck next time but i just i really love how creative they get with the uh with the characters and how each chapter or whatever yeah each chapter they'll kind of tweak how the character works in some way make it a little bit more difficult but a little bit more fun in the same way but the dlc the specific or i guess the halloween expansion does that as well too but the uh reunion expansion in particular is God, it, it just it changes so much shit, but mm. it's so fucking much more fun. It's so great though. Everything about that game is just so good. Even the soundtrack is just fucking bumping. Yeah, dude. Were you on um the gaming together episode where they did the soundtrack? I thought I thought I heard you on yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the, dude. I, I have that, I don't know, it's like this crazy run that like the keyboard is doing in one of the songs. The it's super cool. That was a horrible <laughs> rendition of the song, but if you played the game, maybe you know <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh <laughs> yeah, that soundtrack's great. I love how they take something that's like so familiar. Everyone knows how dice work. So they don't have to teach you that and they just like use every possible way that dice could be used in super creative ways for your attacks and upgrades and stuff like that and yeah and the way that the different characters play they're super distinct from each other too yeah it was on my list uh, another one of those ones that like it goes on sale you can buy it on switch for like two dollars all the time and like why would you not want this game on switch or on your phone it's on mobile now yeah it's perfect on mobile i have it on mobile as well and yeah it's just it just makes sense. You just use your finger to bring dice to the to the cards, and it's so great. And mm -hmm. there's a there's a lot too. Like the the Halloween DLC is just is so fucking difficult for anybody that tries to play that game. It's <laughs> it's it's fun, but it's difficult. It's the artwork and the enemy designs are really really cool too. Like there's just like a, a hedgehog or no a porcupine, yeah, that has the sniffles, and there's just the uh, what is it the the kid with the sticky hand and the skates and like yeah, yeah everything like, about that game just fucking rocks yeah like the, the the game show presentation of it is really really cool um it, it's super stylish oh, yeah. like like trying to think of like the only thing that comes to mind as like as stylish as this is um it's got some of the like persona 5 like flair to it that i think is is really cool well speaking of flair the the last one that i have on my list and I feel like you have things to say about this game too, is no conversation about roguelikes could be complete anymore without talking about vampire survivors. So that's right. That's on my list, saving the best for last, maybe last. I don't know how long we're going to go, but <laughs> vampire survivors. It, it was one of those games where like you hear everyone talking about it and it starts to reach this level where you start to think like, there's no way it's as good as everyone is saying. And then you hear what the gameplay is like, which is basically just walking around while your weapons auto fire. And you think there's no way that that's going to be very engaging to me. And it is the most engaging game I've played in a while because you're constantly walking around avoiding <laughs> stuff. So you're, you're doing, you know, gameplay stuff. And kind of like we talked about with Loop Hero, you, you may not be super active with the controller, because you're just moving, but you are constantly making decisions about where to go, where to, whether to pick up those crystals or not, because there's a strategy to not level up as much as you would think you should. And then when you get items, trying to build out oh, the yeah. right build, get synergies, evolve your items, and then 
on top of all of this is this just manufactured dopamine addiction by playing it. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you knew this, but the guy who made Vampire Survivors used to program gambling software. So doesn't that make that. perfect cool. sense, though, <laughs> because of how Vampire Survivors is? <laughs> it that that does make sense dude that shit is just what all right what what even what kind of what i can't think of the word for right now but i guess what what exacerbates that even more is that it's so accessible to anybody because it's only fucking four dollars yeah. so like anybody could just just pull four dollars out of their couch and just and just get it completely fucking world-wreckingly hooked on yeah. vampire yeah, survivors it's, um and it's it's crazy because you're constantly picking up shiny things, you're constantly picking up new items, you're evolving the items you have, and then by the end of your half hour run, you are like a hurricane in the middle of like of these enemies. Like it it's insane how powerful your character gets. And I played this for about 30 hours. I'm still unlocking stuff. And when I get to that end part of the run, I get the satisfaction that like I created this force of nature. Um, I can like set my controller down and just watch the last four minutes of a lot of runs and just admire what I've uh, created and just pick up all these chickens or bags of money and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's great. That is great, dude. This fucking, this natural <laughs> <Yeah>. disaster. <laughs> just walking around. One of my favorite things or one of my favorite synergies is the, it's, was it the pentagram mixed with the attract orb? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're like, because like the pentagram on its own is is really really good, but then when they when they make whatever the fuck the synergy is, and it goes like it'll it'll start up where like these little beams of light will like plank down on the world, and they'll be like boink 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 boink, and then and then the fucking world explodes, and then you just you level up fourteen times. That game is wild. I love it so much. Did you know also? Um, so it costs like four dollars on steam there's dlc which is like two dollars and it cost the guy i think he said 1100 pounds to make it like to make the full version of the game obviously spending more money now developing new stuff for it but super low cost for him to make and now like he's obviously made a ton of money from it was able to quit his job and just continue making vampire survivors. So I'm super happy for him personally that he like created this kind of cheap looking game, but just made it super, super engaging and like legit. If it wasn't for Elden Ring last year, this would have been the most popular game of the year. Like it, maybe it wouldn't have won game of the year at the game awards or whatever, but like everyone tried this game. Most people tried this. Like, not everyone played Elden Ring. Most people played v- Vampire Survivors. It's that widespread. And I like that a lot of it is based off of uh, shit from yeah. Castlevania. It's like the the first character with the whip, and then there's the the holy water or the the Santa yeah, the water axes, as they called the it, knives, and all that classic Castlevania <laughs> yeah, stuff. I think he said like he he just took like like license free assets and tiles that looked like castlevania like <laughs> legally non-actionable castlevania look-alike sprites and stuff and just put it in his game <laughs> what yeah. a fucking champ dude i also like that there's a lot of like once you think like so like once you start playing the game and you get about like maybe five hours in you're like well this is vampire survivors huh 
And then you unlock like the the tarot card system. I forget what it's called. And then that's like a whole extra system on top of the fucking game mm-hmm. that you have to work with. And then after that, you get the uh, the merchant. And then there's just a bunch of other stuff that you keep unlocking. Like basically, you think, well, I've unlocked everything. Oh, yeah. This is it. This is my life now. And then there's just even more shit that's hidden in the game. And it's it's just so cool. There, there's so much shit packed into that fucking four dollar. Yeah, last game. year in I want to say. August, maybe I I, re- I had an episode on Tales from the Backlog about Vampire Survivors, and it was it was while it was still in early access, but it was like version point eight or something like that. And both of us said like we know this is in early access, but we don't think the game is going to change that much from now until one And they did. They added a bunch of extra like whole ass mechanics on top of like the base gameplay that we were doing in early access. So it's crazy. And they're still doing stuff. Like I said, still releasing DLC still. I think the guy takes like a sick pleasure in adding new stuff for new achievements. So every time he adds like a new patch, he's like, oh, you're 100% gone now. So (laughs) time to get back to work. (laughs) Oh, speaking of the, uh, the Castlevania shit too, the, the, this wasn't one of my picks, but have you played Dead Cells or that like Return to Castlevania uh, DLC? The Return 4? to Castlevania is not released yet, I don't think, but I have played Dead Cells. Um, oh. That was one, like I said, very early in this recording. I think that game is awesome. It's so smooth to play. And I beat the, f- I beat the final boss one time and I was like, I can't play this again. I'm mentally, I'm over it, even <laughs> though I know there's more stuff. And then since then, they've released like 19 DLCs for it. So... When that Castlevania thing comes back, I think it may be time to dip back into it. I'm kind of the same way where I went through it and beat the final boss, but I tried it again a couple more times and I just, I just can't get as far as I did Mm -hmm. that one time. And I just kind of fucking stopped playing it because I was like, well, this is bullshit. Dude, my thing was Uh, like the whole time I was playing Dead Cells, I was like, this is fun. This is really fun. If this wasn't a roguelike. And if they did just make a Metroidvania with these combat mechanics, it would be the best Metroidvania I've ever played. So like, please, I just, I want that. And it's really hard for me personally to get over that. And I know that that's like selfish and stupid, but that's, that's where my brain is. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Hopefully the Castlevania DLC, I'm hoping that it's less of a DLC and like more of just like an expansion Mm -hmm. to where it's just, you're just, basically symphony of the night but dead cells and you're just Mm -hmm. going through it and all the weapons are replaced by symphony of the night shit but yeah yeah i i have a feeling it's it's just going to be some extra levels that look like castlevania and some bosses that look like vampires or something like that but what i really wish is to play the symphony of the night castle like the whole castle i want to play that game with the combat from dead cells basically all I had was one last one, and that's just Into the Breach, if you've ever oh, played that one before. I have, yeah. Good call. That is um, that is a game that I think is really like perfectly made, and it's just too hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I played a bit, <laughs> but I really appreciate that game. What I like about it is that it's it, it touts itself as like a strategy kind of game, but it plays more like a puzzle than anything, because it'll be like... Like, I only have this much energy left, but then this enemy will attack this mech, and then this enemy will, like, will will bind this other mech so it can't move, and then yada, 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 and then kind of have to, like, 
you have to play this little song and dance in your head of like, well, maybe I could just throw my other mech over there, which will get it out of the bind and then, you know, protect this building and all this stuff. And it, yeah. it really makes you, th- I've, I've sat there and just thought about different strategies for like 10 whole minutes at one point. Cause I, the, I've beaten like the last, last area thing, like maybe twice in the, the fucking maybe 50 runs that I've done. Mm-hmm. And that shit is just, it's so intense because it'll, I mean, I guess, I guess it's not really spoilers, but basically you'll be like, you'll be doing a regular mission and then you'll fall through fall through the ground into like this underground area and you'll have to protect these batteries and then there's like little there's lava slowly closing in on the whole map it's Mm -hmm. just it's intense and there's a lot of thinking you got to do and that game yeah the it's just so fun and and the different uh different squads you i didn't mean to fucking scream right there sorry but (laughs) the different squads that you unlock with the different mechs that have like different play styles and shit that's i also really really appreciate that too because there's what it, I forget what it's called, but there's one one squad where there's like one mech that specializes in in like in throwing things, and then there's another mech that pulls, and then there's another mech that pushes away and shit like that. It's all about like pushing, pulling, and throwing and shit like that. And that mm-hmm. I, I I greatly appreciate any roguelike that that gives you extra characters that have extra play styles as opposed to just being like the one character all the time. Uh huh. Yeah. The the thing I liked about that is so like. For people, if people are listening and they haven't played, they it's turn-based, and then when it's the enemy's turn, it will show you what the enemies are going to do. Or when it's your turn, it will show you what the enemies are going to do on their turn. So you need to manipulate, think whether you kill enemies or just push them into a different place to make sure that they don't cause harm to your characters or to the buildings or stuff like that. And so it gets you into, like... Um, kind of like a chess-like mindset where you need to think moves ahead and prepare accordingly, except unlike chess, you know what your enemy is going to do. So it is kind of like a puzzle, like you said, Aaron. And I I think that's really cool. It's just it's just too hard for me. So the only time I beat the game was when I dropped the difficulty down to easy, which I think you should do if you're just learning the game, is play it on easy for a while and then bump it up to the regular difficulty. Because I, I just found the regular one too hard straight off the bat. But I do really appreciate that. Um, I never played FTL, which the same developers made FTL, another roguelike. Oh, yeah. Did you play that? I've heard of it, but I haven't played it before. Is that the one where you're managing a spaceship or yeah. something? Yep. I haven't played that okay. either. I also heard that game is really hard. But yeah, Into the Breach is great. And uh, listeners, if you have Netflix, you can play this on your phone through netflix's games which is one of the cool netflix has like a surprising little handful of like really good games that you can play just using your netflix subscription uh they've got this they've got before your eyes which is a a wonderful game they've got immortality which is crazy um so yeah play into the breach you can probably play it for free right now if you have netflix or if you have someone's password Which you won't have for very long. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this game's great. Well, yep, listeners, that's it. That's every every single roguelike there is. That's it. There's no other roguelikes out there. But uh, but if anybody does want to talk to you about other roguelikes, if they happen to find them, Dave, where can people find you and your podcast? Ooh, they can find me by searching Tales from the Backlog on any podcast app. Um, I'm also on Twitter. If you search Tales from the Backlog, you'll find me. Uh, same as Instagram. 
And on my show, talking about roguelikes, I did an episode about Hades. That was very early in the show's run. I did an episode on Returnal. And I think that's it as far as roguelike goes, because a lot of them don't have stories. Uh, Oh, Inscription. Also, I did Inscription, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those are three to check out if you love roguelikes and want to hear my show. All had really good guests on them, good conversations. So yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Aaron, for having me on. You bet, man. And yeah, Super Pod Saga. You can find us on whatever the hell podcast you use. We're on mainly Twitter, and we have like Facebook and TikTok and all that stuff. But we rarely ever use that. I apologize to anybody that regularly uses Facebook or TikTok or Tumblr. But yeah, be sure to uh, check out our website, superpodsaga.com. and I'll make sure to include a lot of Dave's social, or uh, I guess your podcast social media is and everywhere they can find you as well. And and yeah that's that's it listeners you have a good rest of your day and a good weekend well this is the weekend it's not going to come out on the weekend but uh but uh dave tell them goodbye bye everybody that's right bye